This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Hey, I was doing something the other night uh, while I was in bed. I was sleeping. Um, That's a good thing to do when you're in bed, right? Get a little bit of sleep. Uh, But I was asleep about 3.30 in the morning. Um, well, here's what happened. About two months ago, I asked the Lord, I said, hey, Lord, if you don't care, every time I dream, could you just make it hysterical or, or, or just make it really happy? So I wake up all excited and happy, and, and I say, Lord, it doesn't even have to be spiritual, just, 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 a, ha- just a happy dream. Well, anyway, uh, how many know you, sometimes you get what you ask for? So through the night, I'm like, ha, 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 laughing out loud and stuff like that. But uh, the other night, I was with my brother, Mark. How many remember my brother, Mark? Pastor Mark? He's in uh, Missouri right now. Um, I, I don't know why I had this dream, but anyway, I was with my brother Mark, and we were hooking up a washer and a dryer. And Mark, you know, he's was a pole man for REA and, and stuff like that, so he's like, I'll, I'll set up the electricity. And he set up the electricity, and we were hanging out, and, and all this, that, and the other. And how many know those electric dryers with the big three prongs? How many know what I'm talking about? How many say they're a little bit intimidating? Uh-huh. You, you see that big old thing, and you're like, if you get touched by that, you got to go be with Jesus on that one. Because I mean, they're really intimidating. But anyway, I, I'm looking at that in the dream, and, and all of a sudden, and I noticed that it was out about a half an inch. It wasn't pushed. We, wasn't a, we weren't able to mount the, the, the female part on the wall. And, and so it was out like an inch. So I got my hand on the back of it and pushed it. And when I did that, there was a big zap. And in the middle of the night at 3.30, I went, oh! <laughs> and I jumped up and, and all of a sudden, and, and, and then I was like real embarrassed. I mean, I was really into this dream. Been married to this woman. Uh, how 30 years. Hey, where's grandpa today? Seems like yesterday. What do we say next? Did I tell you what a rotten day yesterday was? All right. That's grandpa. That's for you, grandpa. But anyway, um, she's startled and I'm embarrassed. So I'm acting like I'm asleep. I'm acting like I'm asleep. And all of a sudden, I feel her hand on my neck. And when she did that, I was like, she thinks I'm dead. (laughs) And so when, when I felt her hand on my neck, I was like, I acted like I wasn't breathing. So I, I got a big old breath and just held my breath. And, um... She's getting my pulse and, and all this stuff, and, um, and, and she's thinking I'm, and then, I, and then her head comes over me, and I'm, I'm peeking out, and she's like, I'm thinking mouth-to-mouth next, but I mean, how lucky could you get on that at 3.30 in the morning? Didn't happen, but anyway, um, all that was going on, but anyway, the next morning, I didn't make a mention of anything. I didn't say anything, and I was kind of... And finally, um, how did we come up? How did we start talking about that? Oh, I said, hey, you woke me up last night because your hand was in my face. (laughs) 
Anyway, we started talking, but I have no idea what that has to do with anything (laughs) other than this. What's your spiritual pulse? What's your spiritual pulse? I really felt the Lord this week to say, Brian, come in and ask the church, what is their spiritual pulse? You know, summer can really get you out of rhythm, and you're getting out of your faith walk routine, and you're running and gunning, and you're trying to enjoy as much of the sun as you can, and sometimes you get in the habit of missing some prayer time or missing some spiritual disciplines that you might have, and sometimes church can slide, and this begins to slide. How many know that if you're not actively and intentionally pursuing God, the default is that you just kind of slide? So, so I think that, that, that every summer, that kind of happens to everybody. It even happens to, to leadership and, and, and people that sometimes you can, uh, it's not that you don't love the Lord anymore, but how, how many know routine's really important when it comes to the things of the Lord? So, and, and also sometimes in the summer, the flesh can run a little wild, and it's time to reel it in a little bit. It's time to reel it in. The spiritual habits, uh, maybe, maybe we're low on fuel and there's a little bit of indifference or maybe you feel a little cold from the Lord. However, he feels the same about you. Are you all with me? Yeah. However you feel today, whatever you feel like your spiritual pulse is and where you're at today, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He always remains the same. But the scripture says, never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor when you're serving the Lord. NLT says it like this. Don't be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord. Everybody say enthusiastically. Amen. Uh, New King James Version says, don't lag in diligence. Be fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Uh, Message Bible says it like this. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled. Keep yourself aflame. Be alert, servants of the master, and you're cheerfully expecting him. So so the scripture says never be lacking in zeal. And when I see that, sometimes you might think, really, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Never be lacking in zeal. Right. Now, how am I supposed to do that? How am I always supposed to be on my A game? How am I always supposed to be up? How am I always supposed to be enthusiastically serving the Lord? How am I always supposed to be fir- Come on, pastor, really? Do you really think that's possible? And yes, I believe it is. The answer to that is yes, I believe it is. It is. Life can be one big breakthrough after another, I believe. And, and, I, and I know that God would never ask us or tell us something in the scripture if he didn't give us a way to do it. You know, the other day I was thinking about the word fan. I'm a fan of Jesus. We're fans of Jesus. And I looked up the word fan in the Bible, or in the, not in the Bible, but in the Webster Dictionary. And fan means this. A fan means an enthusiastic follower. An enthusiastic follower. So when you say you're a fan of something, it means that you are an enthusiastic follower of whatever that may be. Uh, in Jesus' day, if you followed a person or a movement, then you were simply called a follower or a disciple. And today I wonder that a lot of people know Jesus as the Son of God, and a lot of people know Jesus as Savior, but in our Western culture, um, we're kind of in an independence, uh, self-autonomy, you might say, where it, it's all about me. 
And when it comes to Christianity, it becomes all about him. It becomes being totally dependent upon him. And so sometimes we know Jesus as Savior, but we don't always know him as a disciple or a follower of Christ. Somebody that watches our Lord and watches our Savior and watches Jesus Christ and tries to imitate that image and gives up everything to follow that person as a fan and do it enthusiastically. You know, we're all enthusiastic about something. We're enthusiastic about a hobby. We're enthusiastic about a work. You might be enthusiastic about a sports team. You might be enthusiastic. I'm enthusiastic about camping. I'm enthusiastic about renovating. I'm enthusiastic about lawn care. Everybody has things that they're enthusiastic about. But characteristics of a sports fan, uh, the weather doesn't stop them. Of a sports fan, weather doesn't stop them. Time doesn't stop them. Busyness and schedule, they make a way. They take off work. If you ever see cameras scanning the stadium, you see everybody's decked out in the colors of their team. You see that everybody, it's like everybody knows each other, and they're high-fiving each other, and they're singing together. Uh, How many Cubby fans do we have in here? All right? I have to admit, when I came to Chicago, the reason I picked the Cubs is because of the historic... Wrigley Field. I mean, I like the Sox and I like the Cubs, but I went with the Cubs because of historic Wrigley. Amen. Cub fans, go Cubs, go. Come on, sing it. Go Cubs, go. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs are going to win today. Go Cubs, go. Come on. Go Cubs, go. What do you say? The Cubs are going to win today. Uh, See, that's enthusiasm for your team. That's enthusiasm for your team. And today it was exciting to see enthusiasm for our Jesus as we were worshiping God as the great breaker of our chains. As we were breaking him that there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. We were enthusiastic fans of the Lord today. Amen. So, so I, I believe that when it comes to spiritual pulse, that we should be enthusiastic followers, enthusiastic followers. All right, how do we do that? How do we do that? If you pull your inserts out, or if you have version, you can go on version and go into events. And when you hit events, Church on the Rock will pop up, scriptures are in there, you can write your notes, keep them, all that stuff. Never be lacking, the first thing is to to never be lacking in zeal begins with a fresh and a full surrender. Here's what I did. I didn't know I was going to say this. I'm going to keep it brief because you don't do things before man, but I also believe Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Whenever I feel enthusiasm or fervency or things like that lacking a little bit, A lot of times I'll go on a fast. Fasting doesn't change God, it changes you. Even fasting, when you read about fasting in Isaiah 58, it says that when you're fast, you're supposed to give your food to the poor. If you read about a true spiritual fast, it talks about all this stuff you do for others. And I believe the reason that it does that is because the meaning of a fast is to get get your eyes off of yourself. 
It's to tell your flesh, hey, you've been running wild all summer. It's time to reel you in a little bit. Hey, you're, you're a little bit cold and indifferent. Uh, it's not that God's changed, but you're getting to a point where you say, I need to get shut in with God, and I need to turn off the distractions of this world, and I need to tune in to the Lord Jesus Christ. Fasting helps you tune in. Fasting helps you get your will in alignment with God's will. Fasting, even as small as this, is I made up my mind that in, in, in part of the fast that, that I'm entered, it, it was going to enter into is I'm going to serve people. So I'm doing all the dishes at home. He's wondering why, huh? I, I help anyway, a little bit. But I'm, I'm trying to do everything so nobody has to do anything. And you know what? There's times when that's not convenient or something that I want to do. But fasting is putting down what you want to do and putting down your convenience and putting something great over you. If you want to have spiritual passion and spiritual fervency, to me, it always begins with a fresh and a full surrender to God. Joshua 5.13 says this, and hey... You guys have been with the Lord. To me, this isn't a one-time thing. You just don't do that once for the Lord. How many of you have been with the Lord a long time? To keep that fervency, there's times in your life where you have to hit the reset button and you have to do it fresh and, 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 and full again. Look at Joshua 5, 13. It says, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and, and demanded, are you a friend or are you a foe? In other words, are you with us or are you against us? This guy said, neither one, he replied. Man, I love this. You have to catch this. I love this. Neither one, this man replied. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell down on his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want me to do? In your faith walk, have you ever said that? Or better, have you ever practiced that? There's such a quest for this personal autonomy and independence in our Western culture, but we need to be a follower and in submission to the Lord of Lords. He is the captain of this ship. He's the one leading this thing. And, and to me, a complete and full surrender where you have a, an awakening in your spirit is when you say, you're the commander and leader of this ship. You're the commander and leader of my life. And when that is out of order or out of sync and you are king of kings and lord of lords, that's when there's spiritual stagnancy. Okay? This word, this world is a strong competitor for your heart. I prayed about that sentence a long time. This world, there is strong competition. You talk about strong comp, there is, you you think there's competition for the positions on the Bears team in preseason. There is strong competition for your heart by this world and the God of this world. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says this. Do not love this world. You know, the word warns us. I'm talking about a full and complete surrender to the Lord. The, the word warns us not to love this world. Don't love this world or the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the Father's love in you. 
For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasures. The world gives a craving for everything that we can see. The world gives you a a pride in your achievements and your possessions and what you can do. These are not from the Father, but they're from the world. And this world is fading away, brothers and sisters, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases the Lord will live forever. I'm telling you, God wants your whole heart. He doesn't want half your heart. He doesn't want half of you. He wants all of you. Wife, do you want all of your husband? Sir, do you want all of your wife? Is there anyone here willing to share? Is anyone willing to share the covenant of marriage and invite others into it? That's why James 4 says you adulteresses adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of this world is enmity with God? Whosoever there be, there be that is a friend of this world is an enemy of the Lord. I'm telling you, there is a competition for your heart. There is a rival. There, there is a rival. There, there is the rival that originated in the Garden of Eden. It's the rival of all rivals. When you think about in high school, Mount, uh, Mount, Mount Vernon was always our school rivals. Let me tell you, there is a rival of all rivals that is against your soul. We have to be, give God our whole heart. This is just an example. This is just an example, but it, the Bible says in Luke 16, 13, it says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one, but despised by the other. And again, I think this is just an example, but it says, you cannot serve both God and money. What is it in our lives that has taken our attention away? Is it the lust of the eyes? Is it possessions and performance and achievement? Is it the things you covet or you crave? What, what is it that's competing for your heart? What is it that's striving to take you? What, what is that? Is it money? But, but I believe that money is just an example But God is calling you and he says, I don't want to share you. I don't want to share you. I want all of you. Somebody give the Lord a clap for that. That's a good thing. (laughs) Spiritual awakening always starts with a fresh surrender to the teachings of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 13, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds as he scattered them in his field. Hey, you guys that have been with the Lord forever, don't shut this off because you know this scripture. You need this scripture today. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil underlying with rock. These seeds sprouted quickly, but because the soil was shallow, because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun since they didn't have any deep root. They died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell in the fertile soil that produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times that had been planted. The seed that fell on the footpath 
You can write this down. Represents the person that hears the message. Today you're hearing the word. You're hearing seed. That, that represents a person that hears the message, but they don't really understand it. And the evil one or the enemy comes and snatches the seed away that was planted in our hearts. It didn't even, wasn't even given a chance, really, because you didn't understand The second seed is the one that went on rocky soil. And this represents the person. Today, everyone is hearing the message. And immediately, I see this one a lot. Immediately when you're at church, you receive it with such joy. But since you don't have deep roots, you don't last long. You fall away soon. When problems or persecution come, you're just kind of like, ah, what's the use? The third seed fell among thorns, and this represents people that hear the word, but all too quickly, the message is, everybody say, crowded out. Crowded out. out. Everybody look at me a second. What crowds out the message? What crowds out that place that that Jesus says? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit And the Spirit of God, you're you're the inn, you're the motel of the Spirit of God. What crowds God out and what causes your motel to be full to where you have to say, like the innkeeper, there's no room in this house? What crowds it? What crowds it? If, If you want a fresh anointing, There has to be a complete surrender. Amen. What crowds us out? And it says the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, there's no seed produced. Then there's the seed that fell on good soil. This represents people that truly understand. They hear it. They want it. They produce a harvest some 30, 60, 100 times. You're talking to a farmer. You can plant the same corn in fields. Some, sometimes corn, beans, whatever you want to say. Sometimes some yield 60, 60 bushels an acre means that 60 bushels of, can be harvested on one acre. But you can use the same seed on another place, and it might harvest 90 bushels on one acre. Or it might harvest 120 acres. In fact, Missouri people, you guys blow our mind, the Missouri farmers. I grew up on a farm. You blow Missouri farmers away because we run irrigators. But your soil up here, you grow corn that is amazing. The bushels per acre, we can't touch it in Missouri. We can plant the same seed, the same fertilizer. Brothers and sisters, the same seed, the same water, the same fertilizer, the same message is given to everyone equally today. Some produce 30. Some produce 60. Some produce 90. Some 100. Who wants to say, I want to produce a full harvest Come on. Come on. Who who says, I want to produce a full harvest on what God's given me? Jesus is an addition. He's the whole. In Hinduism, they have millions. Am I right, Brother Walter? They have millions of gods. And sometimes when when you witness to a Hindu, it'll seem like they're accepting because they're just adding God to the other gods. And so it seems like they're accepting. You're like, oh, yeah, they're accepting. But God said, there's one true God. Amen? So God just doesn't want you to add him to the whole. Sometimes we can be like a Hindu and not realize it. 
That we're just adding Jesus to the whole. We love him with our whole being. Authentic passion originates from the heart. It saturates the mind. Then it manifests through emotions and lifestyles. I think that's enough on that. Let's go to the next point. We need an awakening of his presence. We need an awakening of his presence. Passion is the essence. I just wrote this down this morning. Passion is the essence of an awakening experience. Passion is the essence. I remember when I became awake to his presence. And trust me, there was no more yo-yo, yo-yo, how's it going with Jesus? There was no more yo-yo up and down. I'm yo-yo up with God, then down to down. There was no more deep dips, and it seemed like my Christian faith was a roller coaster. Once I was awakened to his presence, there was a difference. It was a difference maker for me. I grew up in church. The presence of God was all around me, but when the presence of God came in me, there was a big difference, and I was never the same. I've never been, the, and, and in fact, I've never been the same. I've never been the same since then. My energy, my enthusiasm, my hunger for God, I mean, I couldn't get enough. When I was awakened to the presence of God, I couldn't get enough. I, I, I would get up and go pray at 4.30 in the morning religiously. Anytime there was a small group, I was at it. If there was prayer meeting, I was there. You know, the Bible says as newborn babes desire milk. So newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. I couldn't, I, I couldn't get enough of the word. Brothers and sisters, I'm 30 years later, and I feel like Caleb. I'm, I'm a little bit older. I've lost a little bit of hair. I've gotten a little bit fatter. But the zeal and the fervency and the hunger for God and the hunger for righteousness and the desiring to be in his presence I've managed to preserve that for 30 years and I'm more on fire today than I was 30 years ago it grows it grows the infilling and refilling of the Holy Spirit is a constant fuel for life and service it, 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 to me, if, if the word's dry and prayer's dry, you don't will those things to not be dry. You can't will that stuff. To me, you need to fall on your set face with a complete surrender. And I always ask Jesus for an infilling of the Holy Spirit, a refilling of the Holy Spirit. Because willpower and determination... And discipline isn't consistent for me. I need something more. I, I need the baptism. I need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit, see, I think we get it backwards. I think I'll do more prayer. I'll do more, like even the fasting. I didn't do the fasting. I didn't do more to get more. I did the, I did the fasting to say, soul, you're going to completely surrender to the Lord, and I'm going to get my ear tuned in to the Lord, and you're not on the throne. I didn't fast to get. In fact, I'm concentrating on giving and not 
asking to get anything in my fast. I just want him. I just want him. So, brothers and sisters, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's not I'll pray more, I'll say Jesus 500 times, and I'll get up earlier. It's not do, do, do. It's done, done, done. It's done at the cross of Christ, brothers and sisters. It, do, do you know that the Bible, when it, when it says that, that your conscience is, it, it's in Hebrews where, uh, I think it's around chapter 9 where it says that our consciences are made pure from dead works. Dead works is anything that you do to feel better about yourself or to feel better about where you are with God. It's a, it's a spirit, it's a, it's a religious activity done only to make you feel better about you. Okay. If that makes any sense. So, um, Jesus, let's get back. We need the infilling. Jesus promised the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You can read John 14, 16, and 17. Now, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about in the, I want to talk about in the, Last little bit of time that we have this morning. I really want to hit this point. People think that the presence of God is something you go to and then you leave. The presence of God's with you all the time. In fact, I heard the Rabbi laugh about that. In fact, in fact, the psalmist said, "Where can I go that the Lord's not there? He's everywhere." And, and, and when you're the temple, God just does it. He isn't just in and out of your life. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always there. He's in you. Even in that John, it said, he said in that John 14, 16, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never lead you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads us into truth. And he says, but you know him because he lives with you. And later he shall be in you. Even the prayer closet. I, I, I've even made this mistake. I'm like, well, I'm going into the prayer closet now. And th- this is really different. This is a really different experience. I'm finding out that it's not a really different experience. The only reason it's different is because I, go in the, I, st- I still go in the prayer closet. Don't, oh, pastor, don't pray. Yeah, he still goes in the prayer closet. But the reason I go in the prayer closet and shut the door, not because God's any greater or God's any stronger, it just shuts out the distractions of this world. It shuts it out. God's the same. But you really want to be mature in Christ. Get to where his presence is the same when you're in your prayer closet or you're out of your prayer closet. And that's when Paul says, we're to pray without ceasing. That we're to, there's an ever cognizancy of the spirit of the Lord dwelling with you. That that you're just in him and he's in you. That you're constantly walking in that. That's becoming a follower of Christ. That's getting past Jesus is my savior. And it's getting to, I'm a disciple of the Lord. I'm a follower. I am a fan. I'm enthusiastically excited about this. The word says remain in. If this isn't in your notes, write this down. Remaining in his presence. Remaining in his presence. 
remaining in his presence. His presence isn't something you go in and out of. The Bible says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, Jesus said, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch that withers. Withers? Withers? That kind of ties the whole thing we're talking about today. Shriveled up, withers, amen? Such branches are gathered to pile and burn, but if you remain in me and my word, everybody say my word. word. Who's the word? Who's the word? Who's the word? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, if you look into the word, which is Jesus, you behold the glory of Jesus and you are transformed by seeing him. By seeing the word, by reading that word, there's a transformation where you become more like him as you remain in him. And my words remain in you. You'll be able to ask for anything That's what the word says. You'll be able to ask for anything you want. Now here's the the thing that makes that sense. James says you ask for things and you don't get it. Because you're asking to consume things upon your own lust. Kind of like asking the Lord, let us win the game. And the other team is praying, let us win the game. It confuses God. I don't think so. We need to just pray, let, let us participate to the fullest of our potential. Let us be good athletes and sportsmen. Are y'all with me today? Uh, uh, um, but listen, if you're in Christ, you're not going to ask for something stupid. Sorry for frankness. If you are remaining in Christ, you are not going to be praying prayers of selfishness. You are not going to be praying prayers of what you can get. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you could get in my prayer closet and if you could be a bug on the ear, you, don't, you won't hear this pastor asking for wealth and asking for money and asking for cars and asking for riches, but you will hear him say, oh Lord, give me some wisdom so I can teach these people something that you want them to hear. Give me some fervency and spirit. Give me, give me a word from the throne of... I, You won't ask stupid stuff if you're in him. So you need to have, if if you're in him, be bold with this. Whatever you ask, you're going to get it. There's a courage in that. And I I have, whatever you ask for anything you you want, it'll be given. Because God, the Father gets glorified when you produce much fruit. And that begins to show that you're a true disciple or everybody say follower, that you're a true follower. You're not just saved and you know Jesus is the son of God. There's more to it. You're a follower. That remain in me was seven times and if you put a couple others, you could say nine. Braden. Constant state. There's a constant state. 
Remaining is a constant state of connection. The Bible says this in Galatians 5. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, if you notice we're reading more word today, how can you say it any better than, how can a preacher do it any better than the word says, if you can just put the word together and where it makes some sense. Listen to this. How many love the word? Galatians 5, 13 says this, you, my brothers and sisters, listen, you were called to be free. Are you in guilt? Are you in condemnation? Are you addicted to something? Are, are you uh, uh, depressed? The word says to you, you, hey, brothers and sisters, you are called to be free. But don't let your freedom, don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire old text, the entire law, the entire Torah, the entire thing is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbors yourself. Hey, how could you, how, how, how could you, um, how could you curse someone if you're loving them? How could you flirt with their husband if you're, if you're in love? See, you fulfill the law because you're in the spirit, okay? If you bind about one another, you'll be destroyed. So I say, everybody say, walk by the spirit. Say it again, walk by the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires, look at this, what is contrary. Everybody say, my body, my flesh. Pinch yourself. Me. Uh, My flesh desires what's opposite or different to the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is opposite or different and contrary to what my flesh wants. They're always in conflict. In fact, Romans chapter 7 says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do, and that, that, I'm trying to live for the Lord. I'm on the outside. I'm not doing it, but on the inside, I love it. You see that. But it says, but if, everybody say if real loud. You are led by the Spirit. Say, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Here's the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. Look all these words up if you want to know what they mean. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, all this stuff. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not, everybody look at the word, those who live like this will not, notice it says those who live, everybody say live, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not saying you won't ever stumble and you won't ever fall, but there's a difference in sinning and living in sin. There's a difference between having a, a, a failure or a mistake. And there's a difference between setting a hard fast. And you, you're, I'll, I'll just leave that there. Notice this analogy. Notice it. But the fruit of the Spirit. Notice the analogy, the word fruit. Because we talked about abiding in the branch and in the vine. And we're the branch. I'm bringing it back to that. Everybody with me on remain? Remain in Jesus. He's the branch. He's the branch. 
He's the vine, we're the branches. Notice the analogy of the word fruit. As we abide or remain, how many of you want to have fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. How many want that fruit in your life? Happiness, joy, passion, fervency, all that stuff. It says, uh, uh, this happens as we abide or remain in him. These fruits are produced. Thank you, Jesus. I believe firmly that the moment that our hearts are emptied of pride and selfishness and ambition and self-seeking and everything that's contrary to God's law, I believe the Holy Ghost will come and fill every corner of our hearts. But if we're full of pride and conceit and ambition and self-seeking and pleasures of this world and other things have our heart, there's no room for the Spirit of God. And I believe many a man is praying to God to fill him when he is full already with something else. Before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray that God would empty us. D.L. Moody said that. D.L. Moody said that. So what do we do? Today, we need to ask for a fresh and a complete surrender to God. Everybody say practice. How can we practice this sermon? Well, today we could ask for a fresh and a complete surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Some of you that may need an infilling of the Holy Spirit or refilling of the Holy Spirit. Don't do a bunch of dead works and think that's going to give that to you. Come and be filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit becomes the fuel for spiritual disciplines not your discipline another thing we can practice everybody say practice hey let's practice remaining in him this week let's practice not leaving church and leaving Jesus here everybody out let's practice him this week let's practice when you're in your car saying Lord I'm thinking about you Let's practice when we're at work and you feel yourself getting in the natural. Just to pause a minute and say, Lord, put me back in the spirit. Come on, will anybody do this with me? If we don't get any action, then I've wasted an hour of your time and you've wasted my time. Action. How can we practice? That's what your bulletins are for. What's the Holy Spirit saying to me? How can I practice this this week? How can I be aware? Maybe you need to open your word. Maybe you need to fast. Whatever it is, remaining in Him. Practice. Today, the prayer team's going to be up here. In fact, when I went around, people said, man, I came today needing prayer. The prayer team is here every week. They said, is there going to be prayer today? And I said, there is prayer every week. One thing you can count on at Church on the Rock is there will be a time of prayer every week. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap for that. Amen. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or
Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.